When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, that was a disaster, but not a total disaster. He's Gene Williams, the founder and administrator of Warchant.com. My name is Tom Lang, and this is a very conflicted and disappointed Warchant Game Day postgame show brewed up by our friends at DeLuna Coffee. Welcome to everybody out there. Hit the like button underneath because you like our content, not because necessarily <laughs> you like what you saw for the 60 minutes. Feel free to complain in the chats. The phone callers later, fire away. They deserve it. And we will talk about it now as we begin the Warchant Game Day postgame show. Gene Williams, how are you this afternoon, sir? And your initial thoughts on the game? I know there's, those are probably two yeah. separate. My initial thoughts are like, man, uh, I was looking this up and I was trying to, the point spread was 26 plus. I, I wondered, I was thinking, would this be the biggest upset loss in Florida State history? I thought back mm-hmm. to that Georgia Tech loss in 2015, um, some of the other ones, because just. And it, it, I wondered that line, if it wouldn't have been for the storm, which obviously turned out to be nothing, would have been even worse. Yep. But it was, I mean, what you say about the game, it was just insane. I mean, it, especially in the game when Boston College set a record for penalties with 18 and you still escaped by two points and a team that barely got by Holy Cross the week before. It, it's unbelievable. And, you know, the weird thing is, Tom, honestly, when it was 31 to 10, I figured that, you know, at that point, you think this thing's over? They're going to score two more touchdowns. It's going to be forty-five to ten. We're all going to just kind of laugh. Oh, another slow start by Florida State. But man, the squib kick and the and the um, the scoop and score on Tofili's fumble, mm. and then just all that momentum. And you know that you see anybody who follows college football knows how that momentum swings. And it, there's just nothing. FSU's offense couldn't do anything. I mean, everything was going against them. Um, I guess the positives as you escape with the win. And now, now the one, I will say one positive thing. Every, almost every team, even national championship team, has a game like this. Yeah. Even going back to last year to Georgia. I mean, they were losing by a touchdown to, what was it, Missouri? Um, they were losing to Missouri in the fourth quarter. Georgia was Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, so teams can have horrific games. But it, just the fact that they couldn't collect themselves in the second half, they couldn't stop third and 15, third and 20. They kept converting fourth downs. The defense kept giving those things up. The fact that the experienced offensive line and this cavalcade of running backs could do nothing. And some of the play calls, too, to put the game away. I mean, that that, that, long, that third and three and throwing it down the field, a low percentage play to Johnny Wilson. Yep. I mean, three more yards, the game is effectively over. What are you doing? So a lot of warts were exposed in this game. Um, you got you hope they learn from this, but this it, 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 it definitely is not what we saw the first two weeks. I, I I don't think any of us saw this coming. Yeah, Gene, they could have gone on to a sixty something to ten win after that. You know, they get on yeah. that run at the end of the half and they continue. And and I would have come back in the similar vein to the way I did last week for Southern Miss, yeah. which is I I said. If you caught me at the end of the first quarter, I would have been furious. Like if we went live at the end of the first quarter. Now I was, no matter what. I mean, they could the offense could have put it on the afterburners. They did not. Special teams could have helped seal the deal. It did not. And still, I would have come on board and said, Adam Fuller, this is not good enough. 
this is not good enough yeah, because Gene, I'll go through a list in a little bit. Boston College may have had 18 penalties, more than that when you talk about the ones that Florida State declined. But then also, you look at Florida State, our mistakes numbered in the dozens, in the dozens. Mm-hmm. This is not good enough, Gene. And and I know you take the win, Florida man in Texas. We very much appreciate your contribution. I saw another commenter say, flush it. Agreed. But let's talk about this for a minute. Let's vet this out because we have talked about how the LSU start was not ideal for the first half. First quarter against Southern Miss was not good. And now you have this. So you've got a trend on your hands about being ready to go for prime time. It's a lesson this team can learn from, but they hadn't learned from the first two games. And they did not come out sharp today with very basic issues. And now against a Boston College team that barely beat Holy Cross, you're giving up big plays. Gene, third and longs. You remember third and Kelly? You remember third and Kelly? Because yeah. that's what that felt like today. It felt like third and Kelly was back at Florida State. Third and 10, third and 20, third and 15. Did not matter. Quarterback runs. They're giving up in the shadow of their own end zone. Didn't matter. You get out of a gap. He runs down to midfield. This was a poor, poor day. If you're talking about the coaching staff and specifically the defensive coaching staff. I'll go through the list in a bit. But Gene, yeah. you're, you're happy with the win. That's about it. Maybe Johnny Wilson. Yeah. Good job, Johnny, yeah. to bounce back, and he was a reliable player for Florida State. Boy, but if you're if you're doing bean counting of negatives and positives, it I mean the scale is hitting the floor with the negative beans. Thank you, HCAS eleven. Appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I mean Castellano. If you go look at the final box where he had four hundred total yards of offense, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to have a good defense, and this is a freshman quarterback that's made one career start. This reminds me of some of those NC State games when the quarterbacks you've never heard of would come out of nowhere and have career games. He looked like the Heisman Trophy candidate in this game. Yeah. The way he played. I mean, it was unbelievable. But like you said, Tom, some of the – you knew in their offense he was about all they had, a guy that was mobile. It seemed like third and long, third and long, they would just clear out the middle of the field for him every time to just run down the middle for these long gains. How can they not make that adjustment? Mm-hmm. That was very frustrating. And I will also say I think we really saw – what was the biggest theme we said the one weakness of this team all offseason that we worried about was the depth at safety. Yep. And I think with, with Akeem Dent being hurt and not in this game, that was exposed in this game. You had a lot of breakdowns in the secondary. And I, I, I think that weakness at safety really showed itself in this game. A lot of those plays down the middle of the field, where was the safety? I mean, it was Kevin Knowles had an awful day. Uh, whoever else was out there, I think they had a couple other players out there, but they were just non-existent in this game, Tom. Yeah, you know, the, the hard part is you know, I see some folks in the chat and we appreciate the contributions. I'm seeing the super chats come in and thank you for donating to the cause. You know, the idea that they were sluggish, they didn't adjust and, and this was a perfect track game. I'm not sure that the offense did, but the offense found a way to, to muck it up. And I said that with an M uh, to muck it up in the second half. Yeah, the first half, they hardly had the ball. They never had the ball in the first half. And that's largely on the defense. Well, then uh, they lost two possessions on the muff punt and then the uh, the fumble by to a feeling, right. but even a couple times they had it, they ended up having to punt. Like at the end of the day, I get it. The defense is having a lousy day. This should, this offense should not. They ran three point eight yards per carry with yep. that offensive line and this running back. Mm-hmm. And again, when the game was on the line, what you expect in these sloppy kind of games, Tom? That's where the offensive line experience, maturity, all that takes over, and you just pound it down their throats. And yep. you could that to me, that's almost the most concerning. You couldn't put that away with your team's strength at the end of the game. That's correct. They were tentative. Everybody was. Mm-hmm. I thought the offensive line looked tentative and getting downhill and making blocks. Trey Benson, obviously, and that that was a problem of his last too year. Much again. Yep, he's dancing around a, a bunch. Uh, you know, one of those plays, I think it was it was late in the game, just before the penalty was called on the face mask on Boston mm-hmm. College. 
He's got a gap out on the right. I saw fired. that the right, and he hesitated. Yes. And he tried and he to might cut score. it. Not to, be, not to be old Jimbo, but he might score on that play. He doesn't need to, but well, he'll he got get at least six, seven yards on that play, even just with that hold. He just gets it and goes to the hole. And then, yep. you know, whatever, you're in a second and two or three, worst case, you know, you're in perfect position to keep running it down their throats. Yeah, yep. absolutely. To the 1,600-plus of you, 1,700-plus of you, hit the like button underneath the video because of the content. We're going to be honest, and we're going to vet this. We're not yeah. going to tell you there's no problems here. Just flush it. It's it's 100%. They'll be fine next week. They might be, but they need to get to freaking work, Gene, this week in practice. Yeah. I mean, this needs to be hell because whatever little issue we thought about, we thought it was from the first half of the LSU game, first quarter of Southern Miss, it's only gotten worse this week. Now, in a way, you could argue if you want to be positive – I don't want to be Clemson next week because they're, Florida State's going to be pissed off. But look, this was a Boston College team that barely beat Holy Cross and lost to Northern Illinois that you just squeaked by 31 to 29. I'm going to go 18 through the- penalties to help. And you'll do that in a minute, Tom. Um, I also say we got to bring it up, too, and we don't know the status yet. We'll get hopefully we'll, uh, probably get Ira from up in Boston. It'll give us some insight. There were a couple injuries in this game. I, I was yep. pleasantly surprised that Jordan came back in that second half. That was scary. At the end of the first half, he went down. Was that a – you think that was a stinger? Was that what I'm, you thought? I'm hoping so, Gene. I'm hoping it's not something more serious that they gave him a shot at Toradol for because it was a larger injury in the shoulder. It's just the way that the arm comes down. It's at a perfect yeah. right angle, and it slams into the ground. You just hope that, you know, the vibrations of whatever happened wasn't – the force wasn't strong enough to jar something loose. I don't know. Uh, but he did – he, he was a lot more alert about getting out of bounds in the second half, wasn't he? I mean, that, yeah. that's that, I was on that play even too, and he's out of bounds and he cuts back the middle and just go out of bounds. And he yep. just, he still has some of that in him. And it's also concerned, obviously, Jaheim Bell went down. It looked like a leg mm-hmm. issue on the side. And then I didn't see if Tatum Bethune came back either. I mean, that's a big loss too if he's hurt. Agreed. So, I mean, it, it's not even just how poorly they played on both sides of the ball that a couple key players – are hurt going into what will be a pretty huge game next week. Yeah, part of me wondered if that was an injury or if that was they were moving the ball quickly and you, and you wanted defensive timeout because they did get a TV Maybe timeout. Maybe let's, let's hope it's that. Let's hope it's that because uh, they don't have very many linebackers behind their top three. Uh, I do want to give credit before. I'm going to go through this list, and okay. and it's a long one. There, there's a lot There's a lot of issues here. Uh, but from the pregame show, I noticed this comment, and I, so I screenshot it for you. Aaron? Yeah. Aaron was on it. Now, you know, he's off by 20 points total, but the sentiment, all right, Aaron, that's why we got the smartest viewers win, in the world. Yeah. Sleepwalk through BC, FSU 21-19, full marks to you, Aaron, and thank you, uh, Mosley TV, third downs, FSU 1 of 9, yeah, BC yeah. 8 of 9. And how many of those Mosley were 10-plus oh, yards? Gosh. How many of them? And they were, I believe, what, 4 out of 5 on 4th downs, too, or something like this? Yeah, 4 out of 5 on 4th downs also. Yep. So the rare 3rd downs they didn't convert, they would just convert the 4th down. And that's part of where they ate up the clock. You had few offensive possessions. That that And, and what do we praise before how situationally good this team was? Mm-hmm. And it flipped the script here. They were situationally awful well today. They weren't any good in 3rd down last week. It was 4 or 5 on 4th down that yeah. got that stat up for Mike Norvell to claim victory in, in the those situations against Southern Miss. All right, here we go. Bear with me. I'm missing a lot, I know. I couldn't have taken them all down. But from the first drive of the game, Boston College, there's confusion at alignment in the beginning. Before the snap, Renardo Green turns a player loose, wide receiver loose. Nobody covers him. Shot play down the field. It's, an, it's a simple crosser, and they get way down the field. The touchdown play. Confusion before the snap. I think it's Kevin Knowles' responsibility, but nobody covers the kid who scores the touchdown. Nobody. Second time opening drive, alignment issues, confusion, mass, mass issues. 
Third and forever for Florida State, or sorry, for Boston College, in the shadow of their own goal line. BC calls a quarterback run, Gene. They had just been flagged for a false start. It's third and forever. You know that Castellanos is the kid to worry about. And I told the group I was with, just sorry to interrupt you, Tom, on that play, I said, they're going to do a quarterback run here right up the middle. Watch it. I mean, I knew it. (laughs) How how does our defense not know that? Well, they might have thrown it before the penalty, but they're never going to throw it after the penalty. You just punt, you get out of dodge, you're inside your own 10-yard line. Omar Graham goes wandering off to one side of the field, and, and he runs right through the gap. He gets to midfield. By the way, 36 was a liability out there. He would ride the pine for me until something changes. And if it doesn't, then never back out there on the field. I thought at one point in this game, Gene, when you saw DJ Lundy and Omar Graham out there, that there were injuries to both Deloach and Bethune. I thought, oh, my God, they're out there for extended reps. Remember, Kalen Deloach went down early in this game. He had to be helped up and off the field. And then the next series, Bethune and Deloach come back out. What gives there? I, I would not run 36 out there much more. Conrad Hussey, this is a play we got away with. Uh, he comes out there because Kevin Knowles is struggling at safety. He doesn't know where to line up before the snap. It's a busted play. BC drops it. Florida State gets away with one. Trey Benson forgets to recover the ball on a squib kick. It's oh, a simple little dribbler right at him. Geez. Mike Norvell jumps up and down on the sidelines when he realizes the cardinal sin had been committed. He was also extremely tentative. Called, remember, Tom, keep in mind, you called a timeout before yes. that kick to prepare the team because they were going to do something like that. So you knew it was coming. Apparently, they don't rep special teams enough, even though they spend way too much time on it. Keon Coleman, alligator arms that first drive, Gene. There's a drag across the middle. Boston mm-hmm. College drops a defensive tackle and coverage. Keon short arms it. That's why we got to kick a field goal. He might have been tackled in space, but come on, young man. Keon Coleman refuses to block a wide receiver on the throw to Lawrence Toafili in the flat. Lawrence doesn't have to fumble. He yeah, could just yeah. be brought to the ground. But if you watch the replay, Keon decides not to block a guy, which has been an issue the first couple of weeks, comes back to bite Florida State in the ass because it's a defensive score. Keon Coleman, guilty of an offensive pass interference on the fourth down conversion. Right, that was Florida huge. State. Now, that that would have ended the game. That could either be on Keon or Morlock for the depth of his route because if Morlock catches it at or behind the line of scrimmage, Gene, then it's not a foul. So I don't know who that one is on, but Keon Good got point. flagged for it. In the fourth quarter, you've got a third and forever from Boston College goal line. And uh, here's what happens. You've got Tatum Bethune and DJ Lundy both double-covering, dragging receivers to open up the middle of the field for Castellanos to run, convert in a third and forever, and keep Boston College in the game. Uh, Let's see. You've got six minutes to go. Fentrell Cypress turns a wide receiver loose on a second down. This is the drop that should have been a touchdown for Boston College. Remember that play over the middle of the field? Fentrell Cypress has him in man, just lets him go. Third time today we've had a guy turn loose. Nobody was there to cover him. Fourth and one, you lose contain on the outside. Castellanos bounces outside, which is something that can never, ever happen. That's how Boston College scores the touchdown to get the mark as close as it did. Third and 20, Dennis Briggs loses contain as Boston College is back on their offensive goal line. That's how he rolls to the right, fires down the field, and completes a pass for them to move the chains on third and freaking 20. So, Gene, there's probably about six more, <laughs> but uh, I'm done. And, uh, yeah, they need to clean up a whole hell of a lot before they play Clemson next week or they're going to get smoked by a Clemson team that's not very good. That's just that's the truth of it. Yeah, you feel better, Tom? You're able to vent? That was, that was a good list. And like you said, you probably could have made that twice as long if you really – if you go back and look at the film – you can probably find more. And again, if you want to be a little bit positive about this, I mean, it, it, there's a lot to look at at the film and correct before a game where a team will take total advantage of you play this awful 
on the yep. run. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I understand the slow start they've been doing. It seems like that's just been a staple for Florida State for a long time to get off to these starts. We kind of almost expect it. And it's 31 to 10. And th- that was a shocking part to me that usually at that point you just roll and you steamroll them and you win going away. And just they, what we saw in the first quarter, we saw in the last, whatever, 20 minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. It's just complete loss of focus on a yep. team that's this mature. When you have this many guys who are fifth year, sixth year type players who have dozens of starts, they've been on the road, they've been in these situations. You think this is a bunch of freshmen out there and, and true sophomores that haven't started games that didn't know what's happening and they're getting caught up. Do you see the screenshot of the stadium? I mean, I don't yeah. even think it was half full. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you were playing some hostile environment where it was crazy and you're getting at, I, I don't understand the loss of composure in the second half with a team that's this mature. Well, and that's the other thing. And folks, I'm, I'm okay. I just needed to get that. Out <laughs> I'm enjoying now a little espresso from uh, DeLuna Coffee, our friends and sponsors of this post-game show, using the BOGO yes. blend right now. This is the Voodoo Dark Espresso blend. Very delicious from our friends at DeLuna Coffee, DeLunaCoffee.com. Uh, but, Gene, this is also where bad habits can rear their head. I'm not just talking about the poor starts. But I thought even in the first fourth down conversion for Florida State, you know, Jordan Travis goes one-on-one to Johnny on the left. And Johnny makes the catch. He gets his foot down. Yeah. I mean, it's one hell of a play. But that's a really low percentage shot yeah. to in that situation. Well, he does it again when the game's on the line in the second half when Lawrence Toafili has nobody around him in the oh, yeah. And that's these are the kinds of things that can, you know, materialize later if you don't practice the good habits early on. And that's something that Jordan has done. He Has he been perfect? No. Uh, he's decided to take downfield shots to Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, and others when there are open things, wide open things underneath. So play the game the right way, respect the game, and you're going to be in good position to win the rest of your games. Even Patrick Mahomes dumps it off occasionally, you know, and it's not there. He will dump it off to somebody. You don't have to do that. And you got good reminds me last year, the NC State game, trying to do too much when you had the game won and you're trying to take the low percentage play down the field. And like, yeah, Yeah. like you said, that's what really bothered me at the end of the game is that work for him on fourth down, like you mentioned, but, Third and three in that situation when all you need is three yards and the game is effectively over. Why are you making it? It doesn't yeah. – the goal of that isn't like you don't need a touchdown to score. You're going to cu- catch them off guard. You only need a first down. Right, right. At that point, you only need three yards. So plays, like you said, underneath play to Tofili. And I'm curious, was was Tofili the first read? And then he just decided, well, I got Johnny one-on-one. I'm going to throw it down the sideline. I, I don't – I would like to know the answer to that. And that's yep. just Jordan just trying to make a big play when he didn't need that. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to know what the progression is, but typically what a quarterback will tell you, I remember this even from the film of uh, Mariucci talking to Jameis in the draft. It's uh, first down to touchdown. You know, like yeah, you, yeah. You, go, you take that play first or check down to touchdown. Uh, Johnny's in a one-on-one and you love that matchup, but you're correct, Gene, also in the fourth quarter. That's a, it's a third down, not a fourth. But it's about moving the chain. What's the goal? Yeah. What's the primary goal here? So uh, another thing I'd say, Gene, about the running backs, if I'm Trey Benson, I got to be careful here because yeah, I was going to bring that up. What, what are you What are you doing? If you're if you're, you know, Coach Jack, what are you doing here at this point? Are you going to Are we going to start shaking some things up? Are we going to go more to a committee, or do you? To me, Rodney Hill ran better yep. today than Trey mm-hmm. Benson did. I know Tofili ran. I mean, he had the fumble, but you know, again, I don't know if those guys are going to put their head in and hit those holes hard. Right. 
there's no excuse the way, it, like you said, Benson left too many yards in a game when they needed to be able to pound the football, and they couldn't do it with Benson. Well, and Toffoli bounced outside, goes out of bounds. He's bailed out by the clock issues. They're on. They're about just, 10 yeah, seconds. Yeah, just above two minutes. Yeah, you're about 10 seconds on the good side of it. I don't know that he knew that. I'm not going to say he didn't, but mm. just there, there are details left and right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. sh- shoot, Gene, there's a, a first down that Jordan Travis picks up, and you get a ground ball snap from Darius Washington. Like These, these things were falling apart left and right. And this would have been the Jacksonville State loss of the season or the NC State loss of the season. The good news, the silver lining here, the Florida State did win. They're still undefeated. They might drop down a spot or two in the polls. As they should. It might, it might very well happen. But you got away with it. And if you can win the games that you need to win between now, which is all of them, really, between now and November, you're going to be right back where you want to yeah. be. And people are going to forget about this and laugh about it the way they did, Gene. It was a great point by you at the outset for Georgia and Missouri last year. Is anybody thinking about the Missouri game when Georgia is torching TCU? And, no, and it, it was football? never brought up. No one ever or, said, well, they shouldn't be here because they barely beat – they were losing to Missouri in the fourth quarter. Or when they beat LSU in Atlanta for the SEC championship game, if you, if you want to say that you know I'm setting my sights too high. Nobody's talking about Mizzou yeah. when Georgia's beating the tar out of LSU for the SEC championship. So you can get on the other side of this. But, Gene, I mean, good God, I I like to say this a lot, but it's a CVS receipt of mistakes. It just goes on down to the floor from six feet, eight feet high. So that's that's the basic thought that we have on this game. Not not a whole lot good. We are going to turn it over. I I see you, Gene, in a second. We are going to turn it over to the callers here pretty soon because we want to hear from you. And let it out, guys. This is a fan one. We want your reaction. Yeah. No, but Tom, before we want to go to the callers here soon, and that's it's about you guys. I want to hear the reaction to this, what you guys have to say about this. And I wonder a little bit about this, too, because you brought up some of the plays when they would have the Omar Grahams. And some, and, I, and I realize you want to give those guys some reps. Mm-hmm. But in, when the game is on the line, is, are you sending the message that you're taking the team too light? And the one thing we will never know, because this goes back to, and I remember the famous Jimbo game against Wake Forest when EJ Manuel was available, but he took the other team too lightly. He started Clint Trickett in that game, and things spiraled down because the whole mentality of the team was we're not going to take them that seriously. And I wonder, we don't know this. We can talk about the injuries a little bit now because they weren't out there, but, you know, Maury Smith and Robert Scott, are they really, could they have played in this game? Was this, you know, let's hold them out for Clemson mm-hmm. because we want to make sure they're 100%. What message does that send to the team? It seems like this team had the message in their mind, this team barely beat Holy Cross. We're not going to take him seriously. We're going to, he's putting in a bunch of backups when the game still is apparently in doubt. It, yeah. To me, I'm trying to come up with a reason why this team was so unfocused and seemed like they just didn't care in this game. I, I think if I'm going to point to something, I know this, this gets uh, uncomfortable. I'm going to say the defense was ill prepared for this game. I mean, how do you not know the first play of the game, Gene? I mean, you know, you could be beating somebody by 21, as Florida State was, and then maybe let your foot off the gas. And it, it's not that I excuse the psychology. I can just understand the psychology. But if out the gate on the first drive for Boston College, you turn two wide receivers loose and nobody covers them across the field, that's about preparation. That's about not knowing where you need to be or, or what the call is. Mm-hmm. They ran zone a few times in this game, Gene, and they didn't know where to be. I thought from watching fall camp that – the IQ of this defense was in a higher place. They were passing things off in the perimeter, doing some good things. But the middle of the field, they do not know where to be. And I think another great point you made is maybe the value of Akeem Dent is a lot higher than we were giving you know, Akeem credit for. Because in the middle, there were issues, guys communicating late at the snap, people aligned all over the place, wide receivers running free. That to me is about 
preparation for the game. And there was some poor tackling when the ball got in that area, too. I mean, guys just yeah. miss easy tackles, too. And Dent's usually pretty solid there. I mean, again, he's not an elite, but he's a steady. He knows what to do. He's got a ton of experience. I do think that's – and we knew going in the depth of safety could be an issue. And I think this is, like we said, we saw for the first time. We don't know his status. I don't know if he's going to be back for Clemson or not. But, you know, if not, that's definitely got to be a point of emphasis in practice this yeah. week. Yeah, and again, what I will say, and, and we'll uh, take a break in just a moment here, to the 2,000-plus of you that are watching right now, hit the like button, subscribe to Warchant TV. It's absolutely free. In fact, uh, let me tell you something, folks. We have a deal for you, oh, and, it's, and it's an outstanding deal just for Warchant TV folks today, and it's going to be running for a limited time. We're going to put the link in the chat in just a moment, but you can now sign up at Warchant.com. You head over to Warchant if you're not a member right now, and you use the promo code FSU1 at the bottom of the screen. It's a dollar for two months. If you want to commiserate with the largest FSU fan community in the business and talk about how disappointed you are today, or you want to be the hand that goes around the shoulder and says, folks, we're 3-0. and yeah. We're 3-0. and The goals are still in front of us. You can do so now a dollar for two months. Head over to warchant.com today. There's a login or a sign-up page at the top. It's in green. You hit that. And you use promo code FSU1. It's a buck. Make sure you pick the monthly option. I was told that too. So, you know, you can, you can do the annual. We'd love that. But yeah, just make sure you, if you want to do that dollar for two months, pick the monthly option. There it is. Be able to get yourself there. And we're not, we're not putting this on social media. We're not putting out anywhere only for our YouTube friends. That's the, uh, our YouTube and anybody on Facebook or Twitter watching this show. There it is. The link is going out in the chat right now. Just use that code FSU and the number one to save. Uh, we'll turn it over in just a minute to the folks on the uh, on the call sheet, and uh, I see that yes, we have a full roster. Of <laughs> surprise, <calls>. surprise! <laughs> uh, we'll put the number on the screen for just a moment. Uh, we'll be hearing from Irish O'Fell up in Chestnut Hill. He covered this game. I'll bet he put his feet up in the third quarter when it's thirty-one ten. Most of us did, but then maybe he did that thing. You ever see the meme gene where the guys lean forward and they're like engage mode? Uh, yeah. This was quite the nail biter. Uh, the number is 850-805-5911. Nailed it, 850-805-5911. Uh, that is the number to get involved on the show. We will take your calls in just a moment. We're going to step aside for about two and a half minutes. This is the Warchant Game Day postgame show brewed by our friends at DeLuna Coffee. The finest football program in the state and rolling into 2023 with a Heisman contender. Stay connected with everything Florida State over at the ultimate seminal sports source, Warchant.com. Expert insight from five-star Irish O'Fell, the wit and perspective of FSU Encyclopedia Corey Clark, the latest on FSU recruiting with entrenched reporter Michael Langston, and the most active community of FSU fans anywhere. Warchant.com is part of the On3 network with a national team of reporters and resources that have created industry-leading consensus recruiting ratings, transfer portal rankings, and NIL analytics. Head over to Warchant.com to take advantage of this offer as FSU heads into a 2023 season with sky-high expectations. There's fun to be had every night at the Corner Pocket. Kick home prizes on Trivia Tuesdays and Beer Bingo Thursdays. And kickstart your weekend with Martini Fridays. Plus, happy hour runs every weekday and game day specials every time the Knolls take the field. Watch all the best games at the Corner Pocket's Vegas Wall featuring 560 inches of flat screen TV heaven. Oh, really? The best food, the best drinks, and the best place to watch all the games. Tallahassee loves the Corner Pocket. 
this is all the benefits of uh, being a War Chant subscriber, right? If you're watching right now, you can look along with me. You'll see Garnet and Gold, 10% off special War Chant Days promos each month with exclusive offers for WarChant.com members, priority access, and free gear at War Chant events. That's doing some things, right? Got to do it. Ask WarChant anything, subscriber-only shows featuring the entire staff, a little Q&A with the entire staff, and coming soon, a new mobile app with improved functionality and less ads. That's really a good thing. Join the largest FSU fan community on the internet, everybody, at WarChant.com. It's not close. Let's go. Get it on. Sign up today. Picture this. Saturday morning, November the 4th, 9 a.m. Game day's on your TV, and FSU has dismantled their ACC schedule to this point. They're 8-0. Kirk, Reese, McAfee, and Desmond are debating whether the Knolls are going to be the number one or number two seed in the playoff, and JT13 is the front man for the Heisman. Life's pretty good, and guess what? It's going to get better, because your DeLuna Coffee War Chant bundle came in the mail yesterday. You tell your wife, I'm not superstitious, as you pour your DeLuna Voodoo Coffee blend into your new stainless steel tumbler. You add a scoop of cocoa to die for from DeLuna, and mutter a curse under your breath onto the pit secondary. No voodoo necessary for that, though. The opponent was doomed from the start. Johnny and Keon, they don't need DeLuna's help to make the opponent's life a living hell. But in honor of the 2023 FSU offense, enjoy the DeLuna Coffee Pick Your Poison Bundle. Check the drop-down menu for all available options. Wake up and enjoy DeLuna Coffee today. Head to DeLunaCoffee.com. That's DeLunaCoffee.com. Hey, they can still be 8-0 on the day of the pit game. That, that is still within reason, but uh, Keon Coleman might need some DeLuna coffee to slow the game down for him. He had a rough go today. Gene, I didn't even mention the punt that bounced and went off of his leg. That could have been the death blow. Boy, was that scary. It, uh, and what was he? I, I just don't understand. You know, what was he doing on that? It's, it's, I guess he got caught in between, like, do I just get yep. away from it? Do I try to, no, let's just stay in a foot away from it and let it bounce right off of me. I've seen that in practice before. I didn't know I'd see it in the game in the biggest moment, but, uh, everybody needs, I think the message from Mike is everybody calm down. Everybody calm yeah. down. And then once the, the players are calm, he needs to go in the coach's offices and he say, get your together, get your stuff together, including me, because this was an awful showing for them today but florida state survives their three and oh and now we turn it over to you because this is the war chant game day post game call-in show powered by our friends and brewed by our friends at the luna coffee for the 115th time on war chant tv's uh programming we welcome from the 757 mr gator kirk gator kirk welcome to the program i, I don't hear you eyes up Eyes up, keep climbing. This is our wake-up call. This is a time when we need to focus on what we need to do. We are built for the best. This is not how we perform today. This is not the expectation. This is not how when we go down to Death Valley and win a damn game. Gator Kirk. As All a, right. Bringing the passion. I love it, Gator Kirk. That is a fired up Gator Kirk. Yeah, as he should be. And as all fans should be. This is not it's not it's not the Florida State team we see in practice. It's not the Florida State team we saw in the first two games. I don't know what team that was out there. Maybe they 
those white helmets. I don't know. They brought in some other oh. imposters out there or something. I don't know. I hate to start that whole thing. They're like, it's the helmets. Gene, you just destroyed the live chat because here it goes. About the <laughs> never again. Never yeah. the white helmets again. Uh, a, be- a different team better get off the bus uh, next week in Death Valley, though. Gator Kirk, we agree with that. Yeah. Uh, you can hear the fury in his voice, and you should be furious out there, folks. Yeah, if pipe him are- into the locker room and pl- record that and send that to Mike Norvell. Let's play that on the uh, on the plane ride home. Let's play that over and over again for him. You're, you're fortunate to get away with this one, but you did. So now what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with the second chance? You know, Gene, we were thinking about uh, productivity on offense and whether or not this team could outproduce or dominate in a way that 10 years ago the team did. Nope, you are now disqualified from that discussion because they never had a game like this until the natty. But in the 12 games, they had a a, a first-half scare against Boston College, but then that was a laugher. Oh, for a half. Yeah, for a half. This one I was looked like the same was... thing in the first yeah. half. I'm like, this is going to be like 2013. And it led 31-10. It looked like it was on the way. And then you muff a kick and you fumble and there's a scoop and score for six and you give up third and forevers. And uh, that's yeah. uh, it's a win, though. I, I, I looked at this too, Tom, real quick. I know we got to go to some callers. I didn't realize the, the total yards. Have you looked at that in this game? Florida State only 340 total yards in the game. Mm. BC 457. Yeah. They completely yeah. dominated. If you just go statistically, Florida State. Yeah, look, it, it, I'll say it this way. If you replace your defensive coordinator at, at the end of the season, we're going to point back to this as the turning point. And there's just there's no excuse for how poorly they played today on defense and the things that they could not do that were basic. They're the number one, they're the number one villain today for me. A lot of different players in all phases of the game, they all took their turns, but the defense was absolutely the number one villain. I, I don't know what the hell they were doing. So we now go to one of the guys that has a lot of perspective, and we really appreciate his calls always on the postgame show. We go to Ocala to talk to Gene. Gene and Ocala, welcome to the postgame show. Go ahead, sir. Tom, Gene, what's going on? Hey, Gene. We're exhaling, Gene. Man, my, uh, um, and the blood pressure's through the roof. Yeah. I, don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And, and to you all's point, sitting there 2013, looking at everything unfold, and then Jameis gets a slippity-doo and throws a pass down the sideline yep. to Kenny Shaw, yep. and then we start getting, getting the, 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 the wheels rolling. Today, I don't know if you remember, but coming out of half, why in the world are you throwing that screen pass that wasn't developed, Jay, mm-hmm. uh, Jordan? It doesn't make any sense. It, 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 and that, that's, what, that's what got us behind the fits. That's what got us in this little – Okay, well, if you want to let us back in the game, we'll come back in the game. Um, it was just amazing to me. I didn't understand it. My my question to you all is just: you played against Jordan, uh, Jaden Daniels. You can't put a spy on coach. You didn't watch film from last week. Whenever this guy was running all the way around, yeah, uh, Old Dominion and number five was putting his head down and coming off of those reads. It just, it's inconsistency like that, and it almost cost us. I was sitting here looking like, just like what you said, North Carolina State 2012. It was, it was getting real ugly real quick. I appreciate what you guys do. This is, uh, man, it was, it was something. I'm still trying to get my little blood pressure down. <laughs> um, but we have got to. I mean, it's still go nose. We still have, like you said, we have everything in front of us. But if I'm Clemson now, I'm saying, <laughs> well, that's. That's not a juggernaut that we see. That's not the number three team in the nation. And whenever they go in the locker room and look in the mirror, whenever they're in the shower, they need to see that too. 
that that's not a that's not a number three in the country. That's not what we do week in and week out. You can't do that. And then whenever you look up and see the bandanas and everything going on, and you see how quickly things can turn. Again, thank you for taking my call. Love you guys, Tom, James, and Go Nose. Have a good one. Thank you, Gene. Always a good call from James. Thanks, Gene. Yeah, you know, it was a success in the W&L column, and it was a failure most everywhere else. Everywhere else. Yeah. That's yeah, the, but Gene, good good insight. I mean, just the, the decision making, the Ill, not being prepared for Castellanos, and that, that's all they that was their, basically their whole offense. And you knew that going in. How do you not look at film as he point as Gene pointed out, and not prepare accordingly for that? And they didn't. I, and I don't I don't get it. Again, does that go back to you didn't take them that seriously? Thought you could just kind of sleepwalk through this thing and get ready for Clemson? Yeah. Um... I think they looked at it and I think they didn't know what to do, uh, which is that's the scarier thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, now they did coach a great game and they schemed up a good game against LSU, especially in that second half. But if you want ammunition to criticize this defensive staff, I mean, you got stockpiles of it now. It's ridiculous how much ammunition you have because today was just poor. We now go to one of the pillars, Eric Angel. All right. Brace yourself, everybody. Uh-oh. Eric, how are you doing, man? Welcome to the program. Gene, Tom, how the fuck are you guys doing on this Saturday? <laughs> oh, Holy fuck, it's it smoked rumble. Okay, let's, let's I don't know. jump I'll for another fireball, man, after that win. Jesus Christ. <laughs> all, right. all right, Eric, you got your two freebies. No more F-bombs. What you got for us? <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll keep it clean, man. Hey, uh, Adam Fuller, man, he needs to clean up this defensive scheme, man. What are we doing out there? Giving up yardage, yardage, yardage? And then, you know, you look in the NFL, take the Bengals, for instance, my hometown team. They spied Patrick Mahomes. Why didn't we do that from the get-go on their quarterback, Boston College? I don't understand it. I mean, Jordan, I know he didn't have his best game. He had a stinger maybe or whatever, but he came back out. He did all right. But, yeah, man, our defense needs to clean up because – you know, we got that big showdown in Clemson next week, and it's right now on paper, it looks ugly. Yeah. Yeah. So, call. I mean, hopefully, we can clean up some things and just get a W. And I don't know the statue of our ranking will be after Tuesday, but I don't think they should drop us. But, you know, I'm not the experts. Uh, they, they very well might, Eric, and, and we appreciate the call. If they do, you can't blame them. Uh, here's one of the scary things here. I think they did spy the quarterback in a few of these circumstances. The quarterbacks just, or, sorry, the linebackers just decided to freelance a little bit and they yeah. got away from where they needed to be. Um, you know, on the third and 20, for example, Gene, they've got a five man rush. They're doing kind of a contained thing. Dennis Briggs just loses the outside. And, uh, I think it was Tatum Bethune, but one of the linebackers is certainly there to clean up any mess. And you lose the edge. He rolls out to the right in third and 20. That, that's a pass down the field. Another instance, I, I broke it down. But you've got Tatum Bethune and uh, DJ Lundy, who for some reason they're running a mesh, a couple of drags going across the field, and they're covered. The, the receivers are – they decide to double cover the receivers, and they just part the Red Sea. Mm. They part the Red Sea for the kid. I mean – Isn't Jimbo called eye candy, and they, were, they got suckered oh. in by the eye candy every time, even though that's not your assignment, that's not your candy. Right but they couldn't help themselves a lot of time. You know, it goes back to, you know, we always hear about Belichick taking away their strength and make them beat you by going somewhere else. And all we had to do was just know that quarterback, especially 
in those third and long type plays. I mean, make him throw the ball. And I, and I will say he had a couple of unbelievable throws. Again, I think it's one of these – he's probably not going to play that well, again, throwing the ball the rest of the season. He had a couple of crazy – but if, if he's going to beat you throwing the football on third and 20, which he did yeah. on one play, but make him do that. Do not just open up. Those linebackers need to keep that discipline on those plays. And, again, you hope – they. I'm sure it's going to be seen on film this week. So yeah. the, that situation comes up again. This is why you stay home with your assignment because look what happened when you don't. Yeah, they tried to run different concepts today, and they should just, you know what, sink them all. You know, Gene, yeah. they ran they ran straight man to man, and there was one safety over the top against LSU. Who that's a quarterback you definitely should spy, and they did pretty good against that kid. Yeah, um, I think that it needs to be simple the rest of the way. Unfortunately, we thought they were adding chapters to their playbook. They might have added a line or two, maybe a page but uh, not much more. Thanks, Eric. We appreciate the call. We now go to Long Island, and we're talking to Josh for the 35th time on Warchan TV. Josh, have at it, brother. Welcome to the program. Tommy, Tom, and Gino! I'm still, still encouraged by, by this, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Uh, like I was going back, and I was looking at a couple of, you know, scores when we used, when we went to BC over the years, and I was just I, I remember us never really playing well there. So, like, 2021, we won 26-23. 2019, 31-38-31. We got destroyed in 2017-35-3. Yeah. We won 14-0 in 2015. Yeah. And then, obviously, the 2013, the national championship year, we won 48-34. Like, BC has never been easy for us. And a sleepy Nooner game, this had – and I watched the show previously – uh, about all the predictions, and I was like, guys, did we not see what else was happening? Because this had every bit of a trap game in it. We had the bandana game, we have Clemson next week, and all this stuff just led to that being a trap game. Secondly, Adam Fuller only coordinates great when his job is on the line. So I think we need to just like forever put his feet to the fire <laughs> because he only coordinates with a level of urgency when his job is being talked about in the media. And I think that he needs to just forever coordinate that way. Cause we were going straight, man, vanilla subbing guys. Like we weren't, we weren't locked in. Our guys weren't locked in and now it's the coach's fault. So maybe, I mean, I, I guess this week they'll be pissed off, but I'm actually encouraged because I'm happy that they have this tape. You know, I'm happy that they had this tape and I can't wait to watch Clemson. Cause I think that is where we're going to do what we did in 2013. We did 51-14. We're going to do something similar. We'll just see. All right? Have a good one, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thank All you, right. Josh. Uh, I, I love the positivity, right, Tom? I mean, coming in here, I, I didn't expect that. But, I mean, you know, I, part of it's right. You know, you have a lot. If you want to get this team's attention before Clemson, if you would have just slept walked to this game and won 38-10, to 10, let's say they get one more touchdown, it's kind of sloppy and you win. Are you really getting their attention you got their attention now, so he's absolutely right with that. That uh, you know, if you look at the glasses being half full, I guess you go that route. But uh, it, it's hard to be to me. And look, I get his point about all the previous Boston games. You're right. There's been some really weird games up there. But to me, this is not the Boston College teams that had those mammoth offensive lines and AJ Dillon running it between the tackles and going back to the Matt Ryan days and Adazio being their coach. They had some, those are some solid teams that Florida State had a hard time matching up with because of how they played that tough, grinded out between the tackles type of team. This isn't that team. This is a team that lost to Northern Illinois. Yep. You know, it's a one, it's a quarterback that's mobile 
And other than that, they really don't have anything else. And yet you, if not for 18 penalties, you might've lost the game. Uh, Willie's Florida state teams could have beat this team 31, 29. Um, yeah, this you know, is a I bad get it. DC team. Like Josh, on on the other side of the equation, when you're talking about where you can go moving forward from here, I hear you on the optimism. Yeah, yeah. But this this does not look like the other trips to Boston College. That's an awful team. This is inexcusable. And if if you believe, and I, I, that's a funny take, Adam Fuller doesn't coach well until his job's on the line. Yeah. And we need to talk about it more. Well, I could promise you, every day this week, his name is going to come up, and it ain't going to be pretty. So if you believe, if that theory is true, they're going to be phenomenal. On the road, <laughs> so lay that money down now because that line will pop down a little bit now because yeah. of this game. So put yeah. it all on there. Boy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Tom, I mean, my we'll, we'll play out the end of the season. I think Southern Miss is better than BC. Yeah, I, I agree. And look what you did to them. I mean, you yeah. scored sixty six points, yeah. and after a slow start, you blew them out. I honestly think they're a better team, which which is again why this is all the more bizarre. You did your best to lose this football game, and you couldn't do it today. That's how bad Boston College is. That's how bad they are. I mean, it's just this is um, I think, Gene, pound for pound, this might be the worst performance relative to, you know, talent and and preparation. Well, that's why I looked it up. It might have been had you lost that game, which you were close to doing. It might have been the biggest upset in school history. Yeah. I mean, you talk about Jacksonville State, you can talk about Georgia yeah. Tech and all these other games. But I don't think you had this lopsided when you talk about talent for talent, experience, everything else, one versus the mm-hmm. other. I think there's ever been this big a disparity when you almost lost a game. Yeah, I think this is worse than Jacksonville State. You just happened to win the football game. So I'm yeah. thankful for that. We now go to Stark, Florida for the third time to talk to Will. Will in Stark, Florida, welcome to the postgame show. You were talking to Gene and Tom. How you doing? We're exhaling. We're, of a game. Yeah, we're exhaling, yeah. Will. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Trying not to go jump off a building. Azari <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thomas. He needs more playing time over Fitzgerald Cypress um, that I feel because he he's playing more aggressive. And if you go back and watch the tape from this game that, that was played today, Cypress, I don't know whether it's the play call or whether, but he played off a lot. Yeah. But when Azari is in the game, he's more of a, of a press coverage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a good call. Um, you know, what I noticed from Fentrell today, a few things, Gene. Number one was the play I outlined on my laundry list, mm-hmm. which is he looks like he's in man at the snap, and then he just turns a guy loose thinking he has support over the middle. Nobody's there. Should have been a walk-in touchdown. It was a drop. But then also on a lot of those plays where, the, where either a running back or a receiver gets downfield, he's got to do a better job of trying to get off a block and make a play. He, he enjoys going for the ride a little bit too much, Gene. That, that's and two of the transfers this year. Kalen, uh, sorry, Keon Coleman needs to be better at blocking. Yeah. And Fentrell needs to do a better job of getting off of the blocks. Uh, Azaria is very physical. Uh, he's a good blitzer. You saw that down the stretch when Adam Fuller said, the hell with it. I'm calling pressures. Uh, Azaria was involved there. Uh, we'll see what the snap count looks like, Gene. But, uh, you know, if, if I was to list people, I think pro football focus, and you do the grades on Sundays on warchant.com, are going to grade poorly. Azaria wouldn't be one of the first five or six dudes I thought of. There are a lot of guys who I think are going to have really low numbers tomorrow, and I don't know that Azaria will. Yeah, no, no. Well, I, I get, I get the, the he, you know, he talked up Arizia, and I, I thought he, at times he played well. We've seen some flashes in practice. I think it's a consistency with him. He has all the physical attributes to be a stud. I think he's going to be a special player, and he had a couple plays in this game yeah, that I like. But yeah, and, and you're right, but Fentrell just. 
he hasn't been. He's one of the few times the transfers. Now they're still the season's young. He coming and play, and he came very highly blued and everything else from the transfer to come in. And most of those transfers have exceeded expectations. And so far, he's just kind of been hokum. Keon Coleman made him a lot of money in the first two games today. All that film gets looked at by scouts, and blocking's a big part of the game and being totally focused. And he might have lost mm-hmm. himself some money. Uh, yep. In this game, it was just it was a sloppy, lazy effort by him. I don't know. Maybe he just shows up for the big games or for the hurdle or whatever. I don't want to. I mean, he's been unbelievable in practice. He's obviously unbelievable uh, against LSU in the opener. But, man, you got to bring it every game. He did. He just kind of dialed this one in. He really wasn't into it. We want to thank Willie Johnson and Willie. so, many, so wow. many people who have supported us in the postgame show. So we're going to take a minute to do that between now and our next call. Uh, his only gripe is substitutions. Why are we subbing on offense? He says big play, make them pay. Gene, I think in some circumstances we didn't substitute, and yet Boston College was given latitude to do so. I'm not saying that happened the whole time. I wondered about that because people were asking me in the first half, and I understand the rule, Tom. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, if if the offense substitutes, then they're allowed to do it. But if they don't, if the offense doesn't substitute and lines up, they shouldn't be able to substitute. Yeah. It seems like I, when I looked, and I, I don't see the all 22, and you couldn't tell for some, but it looked like a couple times BC was allowed to substitute when FSU yeah. wasn't. I didn't understand what was going on there. Boy, and they took their time substituting. There should they be. Did. They yeah. want to eat up the clock. That was part of their strategy. And I'm thinking, not only are they eating up the clock when they're on offense, they're eating up the clock when we're on offense with substituting every play. Yep. Agreed. We're going to go back, thank a few people, and then we'll hit the phone lines up in just a minute. Noel, Kev, that was not an Xbox headset, Red Solo Cup kind of day. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, Kev, I agree 100%. We appreciate the uh, the contribution. Dane, why did we refuse to spy the quarterback? Answered this. I think they were trying to at times. Uh, sometimes it's a correct. really bad spy. Yeah. It's a spy. He's going in. He's wearing polka dots. He's got a bright hat on. Yeah. He's looking at the person. I mean, it's just like it was the opposite of what a spy should do. And sometimes they didn't. Like, for example, I thought Dusty Dvorak on the call did a good job of pointing out when Braden Fisk left his responsibility. That that was one instance mm-hmm. where I don't think we were spying the quarterback. But, uh, Dana, the sad thing is I think a few times we were, which is wild because we did a better job against Jaden Daniels. So what the hell yeah. does that say? Uh, HCAS seems like they were looking at Clemson through Boston College. They saw this as an easy win. I hope they gained yeah, focus this week. I agree. Yeah, I, you know, Gene, one of the things that Mike Norvell could say when they're not taping the, the post-game locker room, I doubt they're going to release a long video today, but is, uh, are you listening to me now? Uh, you know, if, if, they didn't, if they didn't hear the message after Southern Miss and maybe the, the start against LSU where he said, Mike Norvell's words, that he was pissed off that a few bad habits from practice crept into the LSU game, are you listening to me now? I think would be a good pep yeah. talk and a, and a good message to deliver. Uh, let's see. King, how you doing? Really concerning how many times the DL got blown off the ball in short yardage plays and how bad the safeties look. Uh, Gene, your thoughts on this? Because I agree with the second part, but the first part, sometimes they got blown off the ball, but I don't know about all the time. Yeah, there were, I mean, there's one or two. I think when they got down the goal line, it was a fourth down or two, they were able to pick up it. You can't, I mean, every, even the greatest defensive line, if team gets a yard or two, they're going to get that occasionally. I think the bigger, the, to me, it was the bigger breakdowns when the quarterback broke free, mm-hmm. you lost contain, or you, the spot, as you pointed out, the spies fell for some eye candy and stopped spying or uh, defensive tackle or whoever lost responsibility and got out of his gap. I think that was it more than being blown off the ball. Would I have liked to see the more dominant up front? Sure. Uh, I think they should about physical more. But again, I think this just goes back to mentality. They just didn't have the killer mentality. And again, if it's when it's 31 10, you're not, we're not having this conversation if they don't muff a punt and give it back to them or fumble because you're winning 45 50 to 10 
and we don't even think about this, but they got momentum and then it just team lost focus in the second half. Yeah, agreed. Uh, agreed on all points. Uh, Bill of the people. The safeties, like you said, yeah, the safeties did look awful. We I wasn't worried about the Clemson game until now. Is my concern mm. misplaced? Go ahead, Gene. What do you think? Are you concerned now for the Clemson game? I was always concerned. I mean, I, I know everybody's like, oh, this team's no one's going to – nobody blows everybody out every week. It never happens in college football. It just doesn't happen. This team is good, but they're not lead enough to blow everybody out. Florida State's a one – I don't know, since the Reagan administration in, uh, in Clemson. I know it hasn't been that long. Whatever. How many – it's been a while. Is it, thir- is it 13 or they went in 15? I'm trying to remember. No, 13 is the last time they 13. won. 13. I mean, it's been yeah. 10 years. Yeah. They've won there. Uh, it's a difficult place to play. No, this isn't the, – there's no Deshaun Watson. There's no – Trevor Lawrence, it's not the same Clemson team. I get it, but they're still they've got a lot of good players on that that team, especially on defense. Yep. I think they could still give you a hard time there. So and I'm more concerned than I was, sure, because a lot of warts were exposed in this game. But I still think at the end of the day, if that offense is clicking, I don't think Clemson can keep up with Florida State. So, but I, I sure I think anybody who's an FSU fan or media member has to be more concerned after what we saw today. Agreed. A few more before we go back to the phones. Yuckmouth, uh, he jumped on your your part of the train. Uh, White <laughs> That's my fault. Yeah, yep. The boards, the tribal council is going to be lit up with that. Uh, Chris says, let's give some credit to their wideout playing quarterback. That was a tough cover with limited tape. Uh, you got to be better than that. You had to get. Yeah, he came in early in that first game. You had a game and a half of tape on it. You knew that yep. was our entire team it was a, a mobile quarterback. It's going to run, and you you played against a guy who's a better version of him in the first game. So you've already prepared for that. So, and he doesn't have the same wideouts of the skill players. It shouldn't have been that difficult of an adjustment. Well, and the other lesson you need to learn is whatever you see on tape is not the best version of that player. You're going to get the best version of that player. That's not visible on tape because you're Florida state and you're top five in the country. This team's not used to that. Hopefully the lesson was used to it. John says, ugly ass win out coached in every aspect of the game, poor game plan, even poor execution, no intensity. Are we better than this, or were we exposed? I think they're better than this. Yeah, LSU yeah. would bear that out. Look at what LSU just did to Mississippi State today. That was ugly. Yeah. And you beat the brakes off of them in the second half, so they're definitely better than this. This is a really good team, but it will be. Will they get in their own way? I mean, they should get – if they play just well, they're going to play elite. If they play well, they should run the table, but will they get in their own way? And it, we've seen today they can get in their own way big time, and if they do, they're going to lose a game or two. We now go to Crawfordville for our next caller on the postgame show. This is Seminole Bill in Crawfordville. Welcome to the program, Seminole Bill. Go ahead. Hey, Tom. Hey, Gene. Um, wow. We, we've seen ourselves play that way before and lose, so I guess we can just say uh, the talent went out a little bit, but uh, we got to show up and just forget about just putting on pretty britches and think we can just win like that. Yeah, we, we've learned that lesson. We should have learned that lesson by now, but um, – Hopefully we learn it going in. We got our eyes focused on the next team, which is a lot going to be a lot better opponent than this one we played today. But uh, why? Why do you think that we, when number four sitting down there with man on? I know, I know he wasn't blocking very well, but don't you think he should have gotten a few touches short because there's basically man across the board there. You get him the ball quick, and he can do what he does and probably get us some yardage on some of them plays we need to convert first downs, and we weren't doing it. Time to talk Shopify. A couple years ago, I wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you guys. But I had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling yay sausage shirts and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is the only tool you'll need to grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. So you'll sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I really love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, now to grow your business no matter what stage of the game you're in. Shopify.com slash Warchant. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Uh, It's a good call, Seminole Bill. It's a good question. Gene, do you want to take that first? You want me to? Yeah, I, I'm a little surprised. I mean, Johnny would obviously the game plan is to get Johnny back involved, and they they obviously did that. And he he played well. Obviously, Kai didn't have a drop in the game, made some nice catches. I wonder about you know that first. I don't remember that first drive. They hit they shoot a Coleman in the end zone, and it looked like interference on BC. They kind of grabbed his arm on that play. But yeah, it's a little odd that you have a guy who's supposed to be a top ten, top fifteen overall draft pick, and you barely got him. What he had two targets the whole game. It's yeah. two or three. It seemed yeah. a little odd. Uh, again, I think more of it, the offense just was – you didn't get a whole lot of tries. You had a lot less plays than you usually do because BC ate up so much time and you had turnovers. Yep. But, no, it's a good game plan. I mean, get a guy like that the ball in the open field, which they did a couple times I love with Jaheim Bell. I mean, I think that was really good to get him the ball in open space and let him do his thing. But I, a guy like Keon, as dynamic as him, it probably would have been a good idea to get him the ball a little more. Yeah, there were two targets on the first drive. The one, the announcer even made the comment that he wanted the ball higher on the end zone shot. Mm -hmm. That's the opening drive. And then there's the drag across the middle where I thought he short-armed it. He was afraid because a defensive tackle dropped, but the defensive tackle didn't know what he was doing in coverage and continued to back off as he swatted the ball. 
Uh, but beyond that, you didn't see much except for mistakes from Keon. And you saw yeah. the beer in the headlights look, Gene, after the ball, the, the punt knocked off of his shin. You could see it. He needed to be calmed down. He was wide-eyed as hell. So, again, uh, an opportunity to learn. But it was clear that the one-on-ones that uh, Jordan was going to go Johnny Wilson's way today and, and not Keon. So uh, not a good answer for you, Seminole Bill. The other thing yeah. I'd say is that camera angle was pretty zoomed in today. So the bottom of the formation was often cut off. I thought, for example, Gene, after he didn't block for Lawrence Toafili on the fumble, I thought they pulled him off the field because I saw Destin Hill mm. in the slot. But I think that was just the camera was too tight, and so you couldn't see what was going on at yeah. the bottom. So if they were doubling him, then it's not the bad thing that or the bad concept that you think it is, Seminole Bill, but we, we just can't know. That's the limitations of uh, watching. But weren't you more concerned with the running game, the fact that they couldn't impose their will running the football? I get there. There's, yeah. you know, sure, you can always second guess should he have got the ball more, but it seemed like through to Johnny was fine. Jaheim was fine. Um, you know, it was fine for Jordan Travis, but just the inability to run the football when you needed it against BC to me was the biggest glaring weakness on that side of the ball. Gene Holy Cross's offensive line was blowing Boston College yeah. off the ball. And and so part of that is I'm concerned about the line, but then part of it is I'm concerned that Trey Benson is just so wound in, in, in his own head because he's trying to be different this year. That was the, yeah. the mandate. Rodney Hill just is much more decisive. Rodney Hill looks like the better running back right now. Uh, that can change in a week. But I thought Rodney and limited reps was was the better player between the two. And I wonder if Trey starts again slowly next week at Clemson, how quick there's a hook. And, and I mean, it looked like Oklahoma again. Like he just yeah. was kind of running tippy-toeing, playing tentative. and Yeah, agreed. Yeah. We go back to Tallahassee here on the home front. Nick in Tallahassee, he wants to talk about a target being on the back. Welcome to the program, Nick. Go ahead. Oh, my gosh. So my heart rate is uh, lessened mm. now. Um <laughs> I think this game is indicative of where the program is in a good way, but we're just not used to winning. It's been like nine years with consistent, steady talent. And yeah, we have the target on our back. Uh, we are everyone's Super Bowl. We are the path to Clemson being redeemed, that we have to go out there and perform every game. Plus, we live in the transport portal era. If these people put good tape on against our athletes, then they can get themselves in a better situation, potentially, or make themselves the money. Yep. We can't lollygag. The spear isn't winning us games. The logo is not winning us games. It's the execution and the talent. And hopefully this wake-up call gets us to that point. Um, but bad games happen. Uh, Shout-out to Alabama losing to USF at the moment in a weather delay, and Georgia losing to South Carolina. So good teams have bad execution sometimes. They it's do. week three. Just got to get through it and pound Clemson. There you go, Nick. That's a great call, Nick. Yeah. He's on the the Georgia Missouri train right now, like from last yeah. year. That you know, chaos happens in college football, and we dodged a bullet. It's a reasonable take. Mm-hmm. Gene, I'm just too pissed off right now to <laughs> feel it myself. I don't feel that, but I hear it. You know what I mean? No, that's what I said in the beginning. Is this just a one off that we always see in college football? Even great teams have a have an off week, and things go against them, and they're not focused. But I think to his ultimate point, I mean, this is a new thing for this team, a new thing for Mike Norvell being the 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 hunted. Now, I mean, you're the uh, you're the target. Everybody's preparing. I saw a lot of uh, I think I saw and I didn't watch a ton of BC film, but I saw a lot more misdirection and some stuff I had not seen. Yeah. It seemed like they were saving some plays up. And I remember going back to the old it would drive me nuts when I'd hear these things. Remember Omato back when he was NC State's coach and they would have these things. that I, they, they would be two and four going into an FSU game. 
and they would pull out all these plays. And, and Armada would admit, oh, we saved all these great plays up for Florida State. That's our season. It's just like you're two and four. Why not try to have a winning record? We don't care yeah. because we're trying to beat Florida State to make our season. You know, that's the thing. This team better get used to it. These teams are going to pull out stuff they've done for these players. Like Castellano is going to play the best, probably the best game he's going to have all season against you. But get used to it. You have to be resilient. You have to play your game and not lose focus. If you don't, you're, you're perfectly fine. If you do that, you're going to, they're going to punch you. They're going to go for it. Like you saw fourth downs. I mean, in a normal game early on, they went for a couple fourth downs that I don't think normally a team like BC would do, but they realized this is our shot to knock off Florida state. We're not going to hold anything back. Yes. Uh, I will uh, echo that sentiment, Gene, because 10 years ago, I think BC had 14 points on the board. They got a short field off of a turnover and they chose to kick it on fourth and short. That. And Adazio in that moment lost the football game. In this case, early on, they've got a fourth and one. They're going to punt. Then they call a timeout. 34-yard line. Yep. But you, this is what you need to do to beat Florida State. Mm-hmm. If Halfley punts there, we're going to – I mean, that the offense was in a rhythm at that point. They were going to score. And then the game's probably over, although they're up 31-10 to 10 and it wasn't. But it's just a different feeling. Instead, they convert. They go down the field. And that just changes the course of the game, Gene, because they had the ball for so long in that first quarter and in yeah. that first half. Like, that's what you have to do. You've got to go outside of what analytics tell you to do. you got to go outside of what traditional football strategy would tell you to do when you're playing a team that's superior to you. So it's credit to Boston College. And I will say one of the few bright spots for this defense, Gene, was they called a really difficult play to defend on a double pass where the receiver is engaged with a defensive back in a block, and then he releases out on a route, and we deflected the ball. We deflected yeah. the pass. I think, was it Shaheem? I forget who it was. I but, thought that was Arizi. I thought it was Thomas. It, it, thought, it could have been Thomas. That. I yeah, thought it was you, Thomas that got that one. You could be right. But uh, whatever the case is, that's one of the few plays where they were prepared for. They are prepared yeah. for the two-point play, the rollout to the right. They were very prepared for that. And Renardo shoved the player out of bounds. Um, there were some good things, but Jesus. Hey, yeah, geez. but you can count them on one hand, the good things. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Now, like, I, we went through your long list of all the bad things. I can't count on two hands the good things about DeLuna Coffee. There's just so much about them to love. That's the sponsor of the post game show today. FSU alumni owned and operated Ed and Brett Lemmicks have a combined 30 years of experience in the coffee industry. DeLuna's claim to fame is their Blue Angels blend coffee, known as the first ever food or beverage item to be licensed by a military branch. It's very cool. A percentage of proceeds from Blue Angels blend, Midnight Shift, and High Noon Lawman's blend go to the U.S. Navy morale welfare, and recreation program. The Rally Foundation of Pensacola and the Escambia County Sheriff's Foundation, respectively. Ed and Brett Lemmix are awesome supporters of Florida State Athletics. They've been supporters of WarChant programming, like Wake Up WarChant forever in a day, and now this season, they are the sponsor of the postgame show. You can find them at delunacoffee.com, but then also, if you are on, you live near I-4 or west of it, all the way through the panhandle, they are in your local Publix. Here's the trick, though. They are not in the coffee aisle at Publix. you got to look for the cap at the end of the aisles where it's about Florida locals. You will find DeLuna Coffee in the Florida local section at your local Publix. And if you don't see them, talk to the manager. They are required to put in a request when you speak to the manager about adding DeLuna Coffee to what they offer in their store. And DeLuna Coffee has an excellent relationship with your local Publix. So that's DeLuna Coffee, DeLunaCoffee.com, fantastic sponsors of ours. We now go back to the phones to Denver. We talked to him last week. We will talk to him again this week. It's Vincent in Denver. Welcome to the program, Vincent. Hello, Tom and Gene. Um, I'm still trying to keep perspective of like this event as a whole. So like on one hand, we saw the emotionality out of Boston College through the entire game with all their penalties. 
as well as their big chunk plays. But then on the other hand, our defense just had poor communication, poor preparation, and I just think FSU just flat out underestimated the fight that they were, you know, going to be stepping into. I'm also equally perplexed that Johnny and Keon are just having hot and cold games with their overall performances with blocking as well as, you know, with catching. My question is this, though. Does FSU have an attitude problem, or is this like a blessing in disguise to get us laser-focused for Clemson? Because if it is an attitude issue, I got a feeling we're going to be losing a game or two this year to more talented teams because we are going you know, to be every team Super Bowl game. And I don't know if our players are realizing this because it did not look like it today. It's a really good, legitimate question, Vincent. We appreciate the call. Uh, Gene, outside looking in, do you think that Florida State projects on a television screen? Maybe you, you've been watching these games among the people. Does it look like that they have an attitude problem as, as you watch and, and uh, take it in amongst other Knowles? Well, I'd say for one game sample, I mean, obviously they did not have the right attitude in this game. But, I mean, that's the thing. Is this the ultimate question? Was this a one-off? Was this a game that got caught taking them for granted? Um, Clemson's next week. This is your classic look-ahead type game where you're – and Vincent's absolutely right. I mean, BC came into this thing fired up. They were totally going all out. They were taking – they were doing Hail Mary – swings at you left and right you mentioned that going forward on fourth down all these things and you were ill prepared for that um so i don't i don't think i mean we see enough in practice i don't think there's all an overall attitude problem with this team at all i just think this is one game you got caught with your pants down effectively and uh, but then the question is how are you going to respond to that because now you know you know some warts were exposed if you guys are going to do this and start reading your press clippings you're going to have problems yeah uh, so we'll see well we'll know soon because i think next saturday when we're doing this post game show we'll have an answer to this question tom they have a problem being sharp out the gate is what they have a well problem. that's true yeah you know, that's not an attitude problem yeah, that's correct. different no I, I don't know that it's about taking they weren't prepared on defense i mean dudes are dudes being wide open i don't think has anything to do with how much you care like that's a, that's an issue of preparation, and you could say it might be on the players' attitude that they didn't prepare themselves for what they were going to run, or you could say that they're trying to be prepared, but they don't know where they're supposed to be, which never falls on the player. That falls on the preparation, and that's what we're watching now. And Gene, my hope was that they come out and they're clean to start this football game. They're up fourteen to nothing after the first, and we say, remember that time that we were complaining about slow starts? We, I mean, it's a talking point now all the way through kickoff against Clemson. Hopefully they come out a little bit sharper. A few more people to thank here, and there are so many of you folks. Yeah, We thank you very much. Z-Chan, Z-Chan. The DMD of WarChan TV. Praise the Lord for a win. Hopefully they get off the bus as a different team next week, unlike today. 3-0, on to the next one. We appreciate you, Z-Chan. Jacob says his uh, his emotions were a roller coaster. You weren't alone, Jacob. I think there are thousands mm-hmm. of people that are watching right now that feel the exact same way as you do. Pete Mercer, thank you, Pete, for uh, the special little gift basket he sent to us uh, oh yeah we'll be i'll be getting that out to everybody some really cool turntables for everybody he says that coleman was lost all day and he's worried going forward i he was a hundred percent pete he was lost all day i'm not worried about keon moving forward though that that i will i will defer with you there robert d just uh just paint a vent (laughs) thank you robert you don't have to do that but we appreciate you next week will tell us a lot about this team a lot was that getting our ugly one out of the way, or are you all seeing systemic problems? Third down defense, WTF. Mm-hmm. Robert, you didn't have to do that. We appreciate it. Uh, Gene, I think he hits on all points very yeah. well. It's all about next week now. That, that's exactly it. Is it. Is there an overall real issue going on here where some warts exposure with this? Just you got, like I said, caught with your pants down. You are not prepared for a game like this. You looked ahead to Clemson. I mean, there's – 
it seems like we've seen enough of this team. I think they'll bounce back next week. I'm still probably picking them to beat Clemson next week. But as we just addressed earlier, I'm a little bit more concerned than I was 24 hours ago about the Clemson game. You have to be after what you saw today. But hopefully this is a wake-up call for them. Hopefully every almost every team that's won a national championship or had great seasons has had a wake-up call game. This has to be it for Florida State. Yeah, 2013 was an outlier. You don't usually just roll through the yeah. regular season like that. They had the wake-up call in the first half of against Auburn. That was their wake-up call. Yep, exactly. We now go to back-to-back Ralphs here. Back-to-back Ooh. Ralphs. That's a first on the War Champ Post Game Show, but not Spartan Null first. A gentleman's been waiting for over 20 minutes from Philadelphia, and we go to Ralph in Philadelphia. Welcome to the program, Ralph. Go ahead. Uh, hey, guys. Actually, it's Rob, uh, not Ralph. Oh, Rob. Oh, no, sorry. Rob. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Actually, I know a couple of Ralphs. So okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Rob. Um, Welcome. So really, so I guess really kind of one one question and then one comment. So the first question really would be for Mike Norvell. And it's just kind of, did they kind of only watch Thomas Castellanos' uh, high school film? Because if you watched BC the first two weeks of this season, you saw a pretty athletic, dynamic yeah. quarterback that could make some you know, plays with his legs and, and has a pretty good arm. And he's also a bit of an emotional player. So you had to kind of know that he was going to come in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, given that you did not recruit this kid as a QB. And then I guess the the, the, the second comment is really just a, a shout out to Johnny Wilson, who had a really quietly nice bounce back day today with some really tough catches on third down, extended drives. Uh, there were a couple of missed throws from Jordan that I thought Johnny was in position. But, you know, for, for all the it's okay. nice day that really, I think, kind of helped uh, keep drive alive in the first half and, and get you some scores. So, um, overall, hey, 3-0 is 3-0, and I'd rather be an ugly 3-0 than a pretty 0-3. And uh, we'll take on Clemson next week. And uh, I feel like I feel pretty pretty good about that one. So, I'll uh, hang up and leave it up to you guys. Love the show. Thank you. Well, we hope we hear from you again, Rob. Uh, that was a great call. Yeah, and, uh, it's only right, Gene. After last week, I, I think I said on these airwaves, say a prayer for Johnny Wilson's hands. Well, they, they were answered. He was fantastic, and he was really good all, all week in practice. So from the word go, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday when we yeah. could watch, Corey Clark wrote an article about it and observations on WarChant.com. I saw it with my own eyes on Wednesday. Johnny carried that right on through, Gene, into this weekend, and that's a good sign going into Clemson that he appears to be back in in usual form. Yeah, that was one of the few positives here, absolutely, that, you know, people are going to forget about that. But, I mean, four catches for over 104 yards. And, like, if that pass is thrown, the, the, that third down play that's thrown a little bit more towards the field, maybe he has that fifth and puts the game away on that play call, too. So, yeah, really nice bounce back for Johnny. And you knew he could do that, so that was positive to see. But, you know, Castellanos, I mean, yeah, you just – Again, I think that's one of the biggest mysteries in this thing. And he's going to be a good quarterback. I think BC may have found their guy of the future. Yeah. But I think that's one of the biggest themes. You go, how are you? Not? They obviously were not prepared uh, for him, which is just mysterious to me. I mean, you know what he brings to the table. You know what he is. And it's like they had no clue. Well, where they weren't prepared for him was third and long. Like, that's the thing. You know, if you cover the guys that are in front of you, if you're a defensive back, you're going to get off the field earlier, I think. But then on third and forever, you, you've got to be aware. What can hurt you more, his arm or his legs? And, Gene, I watched the Holy Cross game. Rob is correct. He took a, an unsportsmanlike penalty. It's a nine-yard, nondescript run. He goes out of bounds, and he points at a player from Holy Cross. Oh, wow. It makes no damn sense. And that short-circuited a drive for him. Second and one turns to second and 16, uh, which, you know, again, Jeff Halfley was furious about in the postgame. 
He was an emotional player, and read option was all. They had the dive with Robichaud, the really tough kid, and then they had the read option. That's about all they had, provided that you just cover the receiver that's across from you. I mean, fundamental issues today. Uh, we will get to Ralph Spartanol in just a moment, but a couple more people to thank, and that's uh, Scoot Johnson is the first one. We will not get a W by just getting off the bus like the old days. Hopefully much is learned and realized from this game. Agreed. Cody Agreed Johnson, that. not thrilled about the D-line. Uh, let's see, Jared here. We played like straight cheeks. I love that, Jared. And <laughs> won. The last four seasons, we would have lost by 17-plus. R- bring the Rock back home intact and make them stare at it all week long. What do you think of that, Gina? That's Jared, I, li- I was thinking about that, too. Someone brought up, like, who breaks the Rock? I mean, is there anybody really? I guess Johnny could. It would be a kind of a nice thing for him to be able to do it. But I kind of like that notion. Like, this was not... You got the W technically, but you don't deserve it. So I'd say, yeah, bring that rock back, hang it in the locker room, bring it back to Clemson. You got to earn that thing at Clemson. So yeah, I, I like that idea. Uh, Drew, thank you very much. What a crappy showing. Says <laughs> looked good early in the third, and then the comeback was on. D looked lost. O was lethargic. Lucky to get the W there. We better wake mm-hmm. the hell up. Well, you can wake up. Oh, thank you, Drew. You can wake up every day. Ah. My friends. At DeLuna Coffee, DeLunaCoffee.com. There is a pick-your-poison blend available right now at DeLunaCoffee.com. You get a tumbler. You get some great products from our friends at DeLuna, like the Voodoo Blend. This is outstanding. An espresso blend right now, BOGO, at DeLunaCoffee.com. I don't know why they're giving that away, because it makes great cocktails that help calm you down. I was a little, little bit angry, Eugene, about an hour ago, but they help calm you down, and that's what we need today as we take in the rest of the afternoon in college football. We've got more calls coming and more people to thank, but we're going to take a quick break to gather ourselves. Gene needs a refill. I'm going to pour me up. I do. This is the War Chant Game Day post-game call-in show presented by our friends at DeLuna Coffee. The finest football program in the state and rolling into 2023 with a Heisman contender. Stay connected with everything Florida State over at the ultimate seminal sports source, warchant.com. Expert insight from five-star Irish Chauffel, the wit and perspective of FSU Encyclopedia Corey Clark, the latest on FSU recruiting with entrenched reporter Michael Langston, and the most active community of FSU fans anywhere. Warchant.com is part of the On3 network with a national team of reporters and resources that have created industry-leading consensus recruiting ratings, transfer portal rankings, and NIL analytics. Head over to Warchant.com to take advantage of this offer as FSU has into a 2023 season with sky-high expectations. There's fun to be had every night at the Corner Pocket. Take home prizes on Trivia Tuesdays and Beer Bingo Thursdays. And kickstart your weekend with Martini Fridays. Plus, happy hour runs every weekday and game day specials every time the Knolls take the field. Watch all the best games at the Corner Pocket's Vegas Wall featuring 560 inches of flat screen TV heaven. Oh, really? The best food, the best drinks, and the best place to watch all the games. Tallahassee loves the Corner Pocket. This is all the benefits of uh, being a War Chant subscriber, right? If you're watching right now, you can look along with me. You'll see Garnet and Gold 10% off special War Chant Days promos each month with exclusive offers for WarChant.com members, priority access, and free gear at War Chant events. That's doing some things, right? Got to do it. Ask War Chant anything subscriber-only shows featuring the entire staff, a little Q&A with the entire staff, and coming soon, a new mobile app with improved functionality and less ads. That's really a good thing. Join the largest FSU fan community on the internet, everybody, at WarChant.com. It's not close. Let's go. Get it on. Sign up today. Picture this. 
Saturday morning, November the 4th, 9 a.m. Game day's on your TV, and FSU has dismantled their ACC schedule to this point. They're 8-0. Kirk, Reese, McAfee, and Desmond are debating whether the Knolls are going to be the number one or number two seed in the playoff, and JT13 is the front man for the Heisman. Life's pretty good, and guess what? It's going to get better, because your DeLuna Coffee War Chant Bundle came in the mail yesterday. You tell your wife, I'm not superstitious, as you pour your DeLuna Voodoo Coffee blend into your new stainless steel tumbler. You add a scoop of cocoa to die for from DeLuna, and mutter a curse under your breath onto the pit secondary. No voodoo necessary for that, though. The opponent was doomed from the start. Johnny and Keon, they don't need DeLuna's help to make the opponent's life a living hell. But in honor of the 2023 FSU offense, enjoy the DeLuna Coffee Pick Your Poison Bundle. Check the drop-down menu for all available options. Wake up and enjoy DeLuna Coffee today. Head to DeLunaCoffee.com. That's DeLunaCoffee.com. Something in the air today, folks. South Carolina leads Georgia 14-3 to at the half. Oof. That's in Athens. South Carolina unranked, got smoked by North Carolina, leads Georgia 14-3 to at the half. That's wild. Uh, we're going to get to Spartan Ole in just one second. But again, a reminder that we've got an awesome deal just for you folks here on WarChant TV. It's just a buck for two months. There you go, as our own Jeff Cameron would say. One dollar for two months. These are new subscribers from the WarChant TV side. For you out there, if you're on Facebook Live or Twitter and you're watching this, this applies to you too. All you got to do is go to WarChant.com. You'll see the join link. It's in green. We put it in the chat as well earlier today. But the join link in green on the homepage. And then you choose the monthly option. Enter code FSU1. See that at the bottom right of the screen? FSU1. And boom, you're locked in. You're a part of the WarChant.com community, the largest FSU fan community in the business. And what benefits do you get you just saw a message about that but war chant day is coming up this wednesday from our oh. friends at Carnet and gold 20 percent off all florida state tees look at those like that throwback to the 93 national champions gene all the way on the right that is an outstanding shirt all t-shirts from garnet and gold 20 percent off this wednesday but only if you subscribe to warchant.com that's pretty cool gene for a buck yeah you get a buck you get 20 percent off t-shirts and you get Follow this team with hopefully better days ahead yeah. than this one, but a lot of cool coverage coming up, and uh, including having, I believe we got Ira, Corey, and Aslan will be in Clemson oh, wow. to cover that huge showdown next week, which is, could be, that's huge. Obviously, we want to see how Florida State's going to respond to such the lackluster performance. And before I want, I know we're getting ready for Ralph, and can't wait to hear what he has to say, one of the pillars of the War Chain community, but Tom, if BC ends with 17 penalties and they don't get that face mask, Mm. that say Florida State, does Florida State still win the game? I think so, because they had just made a stop in the same scenario. Um, you know, and BC had to punt it away because they got a sack on a blitz. Uh, but I don't want to live in that reality. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad it went the way it did. I don't know. I, I just had the, it just had the feelings of one of those things where everything was going against you and yep. you gave them that, you gave them that avenue to pretend. All they needed was a field goal. Yep. Yeah. In that game, I, I had a feeling if they didn't get, I thought they were going to lose. If I, my feeling was just one of those games, the momentum has shifted so much and you're screwing that by the football gods. If you don't do it, you're going to lose the damn game. So yeah. I thought they were going to lose it if they don't get that call, which was a good call. I mean, it was a face mask, but boy, boy, that bail FSU out. It did. And uh, you saw, you know, when they went to break, we're well, not break, but they went to the desk and they showed a, a highlight that Mizzou won with a 60 yard walk off field goal against Kansas State earlier today. You just don't even want to leave it up to chance because even if that kid's got little to no 
uh, leg to get it that far. Maybe, you know, something divine helps him and it just rockets off of his foot. We've seen weird stuff yeah. when it comes down to a kick for and against Florida State in the history of this program. Thankfully, it did not go that way, but uh, Florida State escapes. They are now 3-0, and and we are now going out to Hawaii time. He just got back there this week, and he's 1-0 and back off the mainland. He is Ralph in Hawaii Spartanol. Welcome to the program, Ralph. Give us your perspective. It's great to hear from you. Uh, aloha, everyone. Uh, yeah, perspective is incredibly important right now. Every championship team that I can remember has one of those tough road games. Some of them, like Ohio State a few years ago, even lost their Purdue game. So mm-hmm. perspective, these things are going to happen. Uh, a lot of things you guys have already covered. Red, red bandana game, a hyped-up crowd, maybe overlooking for Clemson. There's a host of things that could have gone wrong. Uh, players pressing too hard, trying to make up for a previous play or to try to be the guy that stopped the drive. A host of things that, that could have played a factor. The bottom line is is we should see a positive in this, and I know that the previous caller, Fake Ralph, covered it. Johnny Wilson was spot on, so we know we've got him back into the good positive. Uh, so I would like to offer everyone out there a little opportunity this week for perspective. If you're really having a hard time or if you're really upset about this close game, second harvest of the Big Ben needs your help. There's communities in your area. If you're not in the Big Ben area, like I'm in Hawaii, I'm going to get out and volunteer this week. Just focus your mind. We're going to beat the dog mess out of Clemson. I promise you right now. Aloha. Oh, there we go. Aloha, Ralph. Boy, talking about service to the community and the second harvest yes. of the Big Ben is a partner uh, of work. We are proud to help them. Uh, we did a couple Great of weeks ago where uh, folks turned out on Warchan TV and nearly $6,000 was raised after a Jeff Cameron show, a uh, charity show a couple of weeks ago. But your time is valuable too, beyond the dollars. And Ralph says, how about you do a little bit of volunteer work because he's volunteering that Florida State is going to beat the dog piss <laughs> next week on the road. If he gets that right, Gene, we got to isolate that video down and say, yeah. hold it. I mean, there's other, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. Again, sometimes you learn a lot from a game like this. And if it's not a systemic issue with the program, I don't think it is. I think this is a wake-up call for a lot of guys. You're good, but you're not that good that you can just roll in, put on your fancy white helmets, and you're just going to, people are going to roll over for you. It's not like that. They're going to for you. And Clemson's a good team, and you got to go on a road in a hostile environment. I know it's a nooner, but still, I mean, you got to be prepared for that game. So you hopefully that it, it gives them the right shift in their attitude, that they're more focused in this game, that Adam Fuller calls a better game and puts guys in better positions uh, in this one. And then you, you're able to run the football. Maybe that offensive line gets a little kick in the butt from Alex Atkins this week. And, like, you guys need to dominate. You should have dominated. This game should have been the one you put away. And you didn't do it. The team, this is the game you needed the offensive line to carry the day. And they they didn't, they came up short. So we'll see. But I, I like Ralph's attitude. And I think there's a good chance this team will respond positively. We're going to get a couple perspectives from uh, people who contributed to the program. And then we're going to get the perspective of one of our intrepid reporters who I see in the green room. So real quick, the, uh, the entire spectrum, I think, is represented here. Freaking Holy Cross's defense held up better, says mm-hmm. Knowles 1996. This is not an ACC champion team. And definitely not a playoff team. We have major issues. Yeah, Hang on we'll there, Noel. 1996. We'll you, you could be right, but just hold the phone for a minute there. Uh, Steven says Boston College played well. <laughs> that's that's fair. There you go, Steven. <laughs> Appreciate the contribution. That's not they wrong. did. Yeah, yeah, we always forget to give that. They 
you know, they pay their players and they have scholarships too on the other side of the ball. Seadale says Fuller isn't a great defensive coordinator, but honestly, how many are there out there in college football? We won, and I don't care if we win every game by one point. If they do the rest of the way, Seadale, I think they're going to the playoffs, so fair point. James Edwards says we are going to be just fine. He's shouting that at all of you. Moving on. Just work. Thank you, Seadale. And finally, Nolbuck, 83. Really worried about the running game. 31-10. I'll edit that for you. Run it down their throat. Uh, JT seems to be missing some easier reads in his progressions. I agreed on all fronts yeah. there, Nolbuck. That's uh, legitimate concerns. We now go to the lead writer at Warchant.com, the senior writer. His name is Corey Clark. What's up, Sea Dog? How you doing? What's up, guys? Ira sends his apologies. They're kicking him out of the press box. They're not using. Well, that's what they do. Late. Don't they always do that, Corey? With well, them? yeah, they they're open an hour after the game, maybe. So we recorded the War Chant rap, and uh, I'm taking I'm taking this hit for him. All right. Well, Corey, let, let's lead it off, and I'll just say what a lot of our uh, esteemed chatters have said. Uh, three letters: WTF, Corey. Yeah, yeah. Um, is the F for Fuller? Yes. Yeah, I figured. What the Fuller? Uh, look, man. I, he deserves blame, clearly. The third and long defense was atrocious for most of the game. The way they started bothered me even more. Just don't give the kid layups. Don't yeah. give a kid making a second start layups because then he gets confidence, and then he's going to turn apparently into John Elway. So don't give, him, don't give him confidence. Make him earn some yards and some points and see where you are. You just gave him too many layups and too many big plays. But, man, the offense was atrocious in the second half. It was atrocious. You had a 31 to 10 lead and the ball at midfield about to ice the game. And I think you got two first downs the rest of the way. One was by penalty to end the game. This offense, we know the defense isn't dominant. We know it can be pretty good or good even. But this offense needs to be elite. And if this offense had been working on all cylinders today, that's a 28 point win easily. But the offense really struggled. I really didn't like anything about the after the, the, really after the Jaheim Bell play. I didn't like anything about what they did offensively. I didn't think it was Norvell's best game. I also thought it was a weird game with, um, well, you only got one possession in the first quarter. That's nuts. It just makes everything kind of off kilter right away. Um, but yeah, the third long plays were uh, really, really disappointing, especially I tweeted about this and I mentioned it on War Chant Rap and I'll mention it in my column. It's third and 17, you're up 31 to 10. The game's over if you get a stop. It's over. They've almost given up. They're running into the line trying to get off the field, just swallow time so the game can be over. And you give up a 40-yard pass where the kid is wide open in the middle of the field. It's another layup. They score a few plays later, and all of a sudden it's the game again. That's the stuff that bothered me the most. Too easy. Too easy on third and long. That's what bothered me the most. Yeah, and that too, going back to the offense, and I just brought up this point, Corey, about you, you ran for 3.8 yards per rush against a team that Holy Cross pushed around. Yeah. And to me, when a game like this, when some things are off kilter, the weird stuff's happening, this is when you're ahead in the second half where you lean on the offensive line. I don't know what went on there, the guys, what happened there. And then also it goes back to, is Trey Benson still your starting running back? Or it seemed like a lot of times he had a chance to run through a hole and he, he went back to tiptoe. Tip, I mean, I, I don't understand what's going on there. Yeah, I think that, to me, that's a bigger deal than the offensive line. I, you Look, they okay. had one tackle for loss in the game. Um, not counting the stuff at the end where Jordan was running backwards. They had one tackle for loss in the game. There there are holes there, in my opinion. Now, they're not maybe holes where they're 50-yard runs, but those are eight-yard runs. Those are chain movers. Mm -hmm. And instead, you're getting two or three runs because your 215-pound back isn't hitting the hole like he needs to hit the hole, in my opinion. Um, I thought Rodney Hill was the best runner today. Yep. I think Rodney Hill's been the best runner for through, get, through three games. 
and I think if and I think there was a point there late in the game. They put Toa Feely in instead of instead of Rodney Hill. Benson had another run where I thought it was blocked up okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't the Cowboys of the 90s. And he got two yards when he should have gotten five, and they yanked him. And that's when Toa Feely came in the game. He stuck his helmet out to get that big face mask. That's a veteran play by Toa Feely, <laughs> sticking the face mask out like that. But, yeah, I, I have not been impressed at all with Trey Benson. I don't think he's been good so far. We know he can be good. But to me, that is that is something that's got to be better. He's got to be better. Or he doesn't need to get the carries he's getting in, in big-time moments. But, yeah, overall, and look, the Keon Coleman play, I guess that's by the rule interference. It's just it, you really hate it because it had no impact on the play. Yeah. And the game's over right there, I think. I think you're at the 20-yard line. It's first and 10. You exhale. I think the game's over. Instead, you end up having to punt, uh, and they're right back in the game again. So nothing went right offensively. Um, for, for Florida State at all. Uh, I thought Jordan was fine throwing the ball. He made one bad throw to Johnny, I thought, on third down. But I don't know if that's the throw you need to make on third and three. Yeah. Third and threes are pretty easy to pick up. I don't know why you're making a 50-50, a you know, kind of high difficulty, degree of difficulty play right there. And I think on that one, too, I think Tofili was wide open, a little dump yes. off, which would have easily picked up the three yards. Yep. And again, one of those plays probably effectively ends the game, but you had to go down the field on third and short on a play like that. And one thing, the last thing I want to ask you about before I let Tom get in on this and something, you know, very well as a Georgia guy, you know, last year, that Missouri game, they're losing by what? 10 points in the fourth quarter. Is that, you know, that's a question. Is this the aberration? Is this the wake up call? This is the one game. Almost every great team has one of these games, or is this a systemic problem? Are there really issues with this team that really just reared their ugly head in this game? Are we? I guess we'll know that next week, right? I was going to say, I think we'll know that over the next course of the next month or certainly this week. I To me, it felt just like an anomaly. It felt like such a weird game, guys, where you only get the ball once in an entire first quarter. You're trailing, and then you get up 30. Well, after as bad as it started, and it felt like it was going to be a real game, like, oh, God, this is going to be a white knuckler till the finish. What are we doing? And then you're up 31 to 10 with 11 minutes to go in the third quarter. It is natural to exhale. Exhale. Yeah. Like, okay, we survived that. Here we are. We're Florida State. They're Boston College. They suck. We're going to, want, we're going to win by uh, 35 points. We're going to cover the spread. Next thing you know, they convert a third and 17, and you're in a fight for your life the rest of the way. I just think, to me, it felt like that. It felt like a team. Now, I didn't like the way they seemed kind of rattled, the offense especially, against a not good defense. They All they needed was a few first downs, and they couldn't get them until the face mask. It wasn't them doing it. So I didn't like that at all. That wasn't positive. But you got to assume they'll get better at that. You, you know, they, I think Norvell is a very good coach. I think they've got very good players. It was a bad game. I do not think it means it's a bad team. Because I watched what LSU did today to Mississippi State. You beat that team by four touchdowns. You are a very good team. You had an awful day. And I think, I was talking to Ira about this, and I'll, I'm sure we'll write about it. The worst thing that could happen for a Florida State team is to go into Clemson overconfident. Like, we're going to beat the bejesus off them. We're, we're too good. We're, we're, we're the best team in the country. And they're not very good. We're going to beat them by five touchdowns. Well, I can promise you that they're not going to have that mindset now. <laughs> There's no way you can be overconfident after that debacle in the second half up there in Chestnut Hill, right? Don't you think that helps them move? It could. I, or it could strike them of confidence, and all of a sudden they start to question themselves. There's the two ways it can go, but I think it'll probably be the former. And I think there's a this could end up being a very valuable lesson with a win, just like Missouri was last year for Georgia, potentially. Yeah, agreed. Corey, I'll ask you a micro question and a macro question. Same time. It's like a twofer on a Monday mm, press conference. All right, nice. 
All right. So the micro question is slow starts. Is that something you're concerned about? And the macro question is, did you see, cause you've been to a ton of these practices. Did you see any signs in practice that something like this could happen or did it just kind of show up on game day to you? I'll answer the second one first. Uh, no, I did not. And I, man, and I'm, I'm very surprised by it because I think Norvell, what he preaches is this doesn't happen to his teams. They treat every game, this every opponent the same. You know, they showed Jared Verse on the sidelines in the third quarter when the game was 31 to 10. They had just gotten a stop. Seemed like they were laughing a little bit and having a good time, which you're allowed to do. It's college football. Go have fun. And he's a gregarious personality. But I just think it comes back to them exhaling, thinking the game was over. And it was not. And they're more much they're too mature a group to just let their foot off the gas like that. And then when it becomes a, ga- a game again, they start shivering and panicking and Toa Feely makes a rare mistake. It all, and Benson doesn't fall on the ball. All those things that went wrong, the OPI on Coleman, it just all, it was a, it was a uh, avalanche, which I don't like. They, mature teams don't get an avalanche like that, but mature teams do find a way to win. And they did. Um, so, I did not see anything like that uh, at all. And I was surprised because usually they're so, I just go back to last year, guys. The la- They ended last season by just dominating the two or three games they had on the road. Like there was no, they went in there, got an early lead and stepped on their throats. I thought this team had that in them. And I still think it does, but that was a, that was a disastrous final quarter and a half. And then for the slow starts, yeah, man. I mean, the, yeah, I guess we're talking about defensively or really. Yeah. All, yeah defensively. Cause the offense scored every time I had the ball in the first half, essentially. Um, yeah, that is an issue. It's a problem because you just can't give free points up, man. Like if you make them earn it, Florida state had to go earn their points in that game. They had to go earn that field goal to start the game. I, I didn't feel like Boston college did you, you let a guy run wide open on a drag coming out of like a naked bootleg. Wasn't a great, it wasn't a trick play and he's open by 40 yards. There's nobody on the screen with him. That's crazy. Plus, that kid might be really good. That quarterback was impressive, man. I, some of the plays he made were just really good college football plays. Other ones, you let them have layups, and that's what was so disappointing. Agreed. All right, last thing for me, Corey, is to what extent – here's an old high school question. To what extent does today's result change your opinion for what's possible next week at Clemson? Oh, it doesn't. I, I think they're going to, I think uh, they, they, I still have the same faith in them. I did before that game. I think they're the better team. I think they can go win. I think if anything, it probably narrows the focus and rallies them up a little bit. They're going to be doubted, which I think is going to be good for them to have a little doubt to people, not doubt them uh, to, for people to doubt them and think they're not going to win easy. Um, so I think that will, I, I, it didn't change anything for me, honestly. I think if anything, when you have a mature group like this and such an old veteran group, I think it just kind of focuses them more. I think they can it, it could be galvanizing. And you get to galvanize after a win. As ugly as it was, it was a dub. And they're 3-0. and And I don't know where they'll be at the end of when they get ranked tomorrow, but they'll be in the top five, 3-0. and That's pretty you, – you'll take that when you can learn awful lessons like they had to learn today. Gene, anything else? Nope. Other than uh, I'm sure you're going to write about your column. I'm sure they'll be out soon, Corey. So uh, I'm, we're all looking forward to that. And your your sage wisdom will mm. be upon us very Amen. soon. Amen. Amen. Three and O, oh, baby. Three and O. Oh. <laughs> Preacher brother. That's Corey Clark, the lead writer here at Warchant.com. Johnny Wilson, too, by the way. Oh, he got it in. Catching him every, catching everything. Yep. Hey, he called it in his Tuesday observations. That's why yep. you want to be locked in to Warchant.com throughout the week. Not just on Saturdays, not just on Warchant TV, but head over to Warchant.com. As I'm moving to the left, we're dipsy-doo. We're moving around, Gene. There you go. Bobbing and weaving. 
but we appreciate Corey's time. You'll hear his take with Ira on the Warchant rap that'll be here on Warchant TV. These are the things that I do, Gene, when we sign off. I take a look at the press conference. I want to hear what the coach had to say. Mm-hmm. And the Warchant rap, of course. I think I might reverse the order. I'd rather hear Ira and Corey today before I hear from Mike. Uh, so that's what we're going to see here on the channel. Wake Up Warchant will be coming your way in uh, a day. And that will be Aslan and Corey's take here. I think you get that on your podcast feeds. It's here on Warchant TV. A lot of stuff coming up. A lot of coverage. A lot of perspective. Corey's column should be on the site shortly. Irish Ophel's 321. So we've got a couple more callers that we're going to take before signing off for tonight. They've been waiting patiently. This has been the last call. Abraham and Tony, we're getting to you. And you are the last two callers of the night. You've been waiting well over 20 minutes. And thank you for your patience. Abraham and Lakeland, what you got for us? Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Wouldn't it be great if the War Chant rap was actually, they started off with a rap? That would be fun. <laughs> so, you know what? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You really want to hear Corey and I were rap. They can write, though. So uh, hang on, Abraham. You, you're on to something here. I will ask what it will take. How much success should Florida State have before the war champ? National champ. That's the thing we were talking about. Trying to think of something to do if Florida State wins whatever, gets in the playoffs, wins the championship. Maybe that's one of the things you throw out to Corey and make it happen. Thank you, Abraham. We appreciate that. Yeah. Go ahead with your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, but seriously, I remember in 2014 when we played Boston College at Doe Campbell Stadium and we squeaked by 20 to 17, I believe. And that happened because we were playing not to win, but we were playing not to lose because we're trying to get into the playoffs. On this occasion, we are just, we're trying to beat Clemson and we overlooked Boston College and we got out coached in the second half. Um, when you fail in three phases of the game, it's a coaching issue or focus. Um, I think Mike Norvell is a great coach. He makes mistakes just like everyone, but he's growing as a leader and as a coach. I'm just looking at it as, okay, we keep we don't talk about the same mistakes that we used to talk about when it comes to Mike Norvell, but when it comes to Adam Fuller, we're still talking about the same thing. When will it be enough regarding Adam Fuller? That's a good question. So, Abraham, you know, it was mostly positive, and then it was like, hey. Yeah, and then it's, it's the shot over the bow at Fuller at the end, though. I get it. I mean, that's frustrating. We all said that the defense did not show up today against a team that just really doesn't – they have one weapon. You know, maybe we'll find out down the road how good that quarterback is. Is he as good like Corey talked him up, or is this one of those one-game aberrations when a guy looks like he's a Heisman contender just because he's against Florida State? There you go, and that's that's the point. And but you're right. There were so many – and Tom, you with all your list, all the breakdowns, guys out of position. Just Some dude, of that has to fall in coaching, and they that defense was not prepared at all for this game. Dudes are wide open. That's not yeah. – I mean, that's not on the kids. Uh, they, they don't just decide after the snap that I'm not going to cover that guy. Nobody freelances like that. That's on the preparation hmm. all the way. And you're right, Abraham, with all the talent that Florida State has now, the excuses are gone. Last year you could say there was no defensive line. They were all hurt. Jared Verse wasn't even 100% after, you know, game three or game four of the season. Fabo never was after LSU. No excuses now. Good call, Abraham. We hope to hear from you again. And finally, our caller, you're the anchor today, Tony in Tallahassee. He wants to talk more about the defense. So, Tony, go ahead. Welcome to the program. Hey, Tom. Hey, Gene. Um, Everyone's pretty much said a lot about stuff. I'm just going to – I haven't been an Adam Floor fan from the moment of the hire when you look at his stats, but that's beside the point. But – what I'm tired of seeing, and this has happened before, the defensive line with as talented as they are, and we rush nobody. 
That happened about four times I counted today. We rush nobody and let him stand back there. You can't cover receivers for four, five, six seconds. And the guy, there is nobody rushing him. They're like thinking he's going to run. And that's that's happened before today's game too. And I don't know who calls that, but that's got to stop. Send one guy to flush him or something. Nobody rushed. Oh, Tony yeah, Tony makes a good point. This series, they finally stopped him in the second half. What did they did? They brought a couple corner safety blitzes. They did. They mixed something up. It wasn't. They had a couple of those plays. It was odd. They never really know. Do we kind of put everybody back and we're about running? As he pointed out, and not rush him, or do we rush and maybe somebody gets out of the lanes and he takes off running? They were just very – the whole defense was confused, and whatever they seemed to try to do was the wrong decision almost every time. Yeah, agreed. He was caught in between. Adam Fuller was yeah. caught in between, and you're correct, Gene. I think that's an astute observation about the blitzes late. He was more affected by the blitz than he was the mush rush or the contain. He got a young guy. Brattle him a little bit. But one hand was not, you know, watching what the other was doing, Tony, to your point. There were times when they played contain, but then the linebackers weren't there to clean up the mess. And then there were times when they pinned their ears back and then there was nobody there again because there wasn't a scheme spy. And, and there were times that they or Braden Fisk left his gap to try and penetrate and rush up the field and Castellanos makes him miss. And that's your worst nightmare. So uh, not a good day for Adam Fuller at all. And if you are somebody who's in the camp of you need a better defensive coordinator, in a way, this is exactly what you wanted, an FSU win and ammunition to come after the FSU's D.C. That was the final caller of tonight. We appreciate everybody who called, and Terry, our call screener, who's back in the fold now for a second week in a row. Terry, hope you're doing well. Uh, Director Ben, behind the scenes, has done a great job of keeping order with you folks in the comments. We appreciate everybody who did decide to contribute to the program, either with your questions or with monetary contributions. Thank you very much for being a part of War Chant Game Day's postgame call-in show. Before we sign off tonight, Gene, things to promote over the next 24 hours on the website and, uh, and or War Chant TV. What say you? Well, again, last call. This is a YouTube-only special or video-only special. Is our one dollar? You get two months, and that we have uh, next week. We've got the War Chant Day, where you're going to be able to get any T-shirt from Garnet Gold with twenty percent off for one day. But you have to be a subscriber to take advantage of that. You can be a subscriber for the next two months, basically the rest of the regular season for a buck. So uh, go for it right there. Uh, that's a great deal we have coming up on the site. We've got you guys have the wrap tomorrow night. The War uh, yeah. Chant. The War, I'm sorry. The the uh, Smash is going that's on correct. tomorrow night. And like you mentioned earlier, we'll have grades, PFF grades. There's going to be some nasty grades. So I'm curious to see what PFF says about some of Florida State's performances yeah. uh, on their grading system. And, of course, IRAs 321, which is one of the best features of the week. We got video programs all, all week long. Corey's column should be up here shortly. And all the previews going into Clemson, which is obviously a huge, huge game for Florida State. Uh, for the ACC to the goal of getting into the playoffs, because I don't know the way that schedule works out if you can lose a game and get into the playoffs, especially now that you've got this a little bit of a blotch on your resume. Yeah. And if Clemson isn't, you know, I know some people are buying into Miami. I ain't buying it. I'm sorry. I think A&M is horrible. What's going to happen? They're going to lose a game or two. They're going to tank like they always do because they're Miami. That's what they do. So I think that may not be the big resume building game in November when you play them, as some people seem to think it is. Agreed. Uh, you play like you did today, though. You could lose to a lot of teams. Oh, Miami. well, that goes without saying. But I, that's the ultimate question. Was this a one-off? Was yeah. this a wake-up call? Or is there really systemic problems with the program? I, I, I tend to believe it's the former. I think this is a one-off. You got caught with your pants down. You got looking ahead. It, some weird things happened in the game that turned the tide. But, you know, it's Corey's point, too. These slow starts have to stop, too. You're not in that position. Yep. It, it, 
it all if you don't have just give away points and yards early in the game. Get to DeLunaCoffee.com. Bogo's on the voodoo. It's delightful. They got the pumpkin pie through November 1st, so that's that season. I know my wife is huge into pumpkin spice lattes and all that kind of stuff. DeLunaCoffee.com, or if you're living in I-4, the center part of the state, or west towards the panhandle, check your Publix. It's in the Florida Locals section of Publix, the Florida Locals section for DeLuna Coffee. It's delightful, and you can get powerful, or you can get a light roast, everything in between. Uh, dark roasts. I'm going to try I got a, an Italian roast that I'm going to try next mm. week, Gene. Uh, and then obviously I got to get some stuff over to you as well as Ed I'm and Brett forward to that. sent us a care package. We appreciate their support of the post game show. We will sign on next week around the same time to noon kick for Florida state and Clemson. We'll have an 11 AM pregame show on game day, but then 10 to 15 minutes after the game, hopefully Florida state is four and O at that point. Between now and then, head over to warchant.com for all the things Gene enumerated, Corey's column, Iris 321, PFF grades in the morning, and so much more. And if you will, hit, hit the like button underneath this video. More FSU fans will find this on demand. They might be watching ball right now, but they want a recap of the Knowles tonight or tomorrow. So thank you to everybody who tuned in. To those of you who are the podcast audience, thank you for listening to us. For Gene, my name is Tom. Thank you to everybody who contributed to today's program. We're 3-0. and You can be pissed. And you could be victorious all on the same day. That's what we learned. We'll talk to you next time on the War Chant Game Day postgame call-in show, brewed by DeLuna Coffee.